broadcasting from Mount Pleasant, Utah. This is the Sampete Horse Training Podcast. Sampete Horse Training's mission statement is simple, to send home a respectful, well-rounded, and well-broke horse that can handle a variety of situations. This is Eric Dent with Sampete Horse Training. I had an interesting question a little bit ago by an individual that was interested in having a cult started here at our company. The question was, what is the single most important thing that you guys do to get a two-year-old or three-year-old unstarted cult truly well broke? And that kind of got me thinking. You know, the question kind of caught me off guard maybe just a little bit because it's kind of hard to pin down one thing that makes the biggest difference. There's just a lot of things that make a big difference. Um, but it really got me thinking about, well, if I could only do one thing, then what would it be? Or if I could only do one thing kind of primarily, then what would that be? What would be the thing that made the biggest difference with these young horses that are very green, um, have not been handled either at all or very little, what would that be? And I think I would have to answer with, this answer, and that is that I would lope them a lot. We have currently uh, four two-year-old gildings that we're training right now. At the time of recording this podcast, it's about the first week in November, and we've had one of the horses for about 70 days of training, one of the horses for probably right around 30 days, and then two of the horses for right around uh, 20-ish days, somewhere in that neighborhood. And so each of these horses are to the point where where we are loping them a fair bit. The horse that's been here for 70 days has been loped a ton. The one for 30 days, um, actually today is the first day that they're going to be riding uh, this horse outside of the arena. And we've been ridden a lot in the arena for a couple weeks. Um, And then these uh, other little two-year-olds that we've just barely started riding, they've got about six or seven rides, and we've been loping them quite a bit in the arena as well. I can still remember when I was a kid, I uh, had a family member that was uh, interested in horses that told me something that kind of made me maybe a little bit biased for a little while, and that was that this individual had sent a horse off to um, to a friend that needed a, a spare horse to use. And that friend had, um, you know, trotted and, and run this horse some while the individual had the horse. And then when the horse came back to this, uh, to their normal home, the horse was kind of crazy. Always wanted to run every, everywhere, always wanted to take off and be a little bit forward and and just a little bit crazy. And so I grew up thinking that trotting or loping horses was a bad thing, that that would lead to a horse just being crazy and wanting to run off with you all the time. And it wasn't until years later that I started to realize that that can be true, but it isn't always true. And so how is it that that horse went to the friend's house, was ridden, trotted and loped, 
came back kind of nuts. And yet the horses that we ride, it seems like the more we lope them, the better they get, the more quiet, easy going, you know, just the more broke they get. So what gives there? How is that possible that you get those two totally different outcomes? So it has everything to do with when do you stop loping them or when do you stop trotting them? So think about it for a second. The crazy, crazy barrel horse. Okay, the horse comes in, they're dancing sideways and rearing and as they're coming into the arena and then all of a sudden, you know, they let them go and they go to that first barrel just running like crazy and the second barrel and the third barrel and they come home and they're flying out the gate. Okay, so that horse is just kind of psycho, right? Like just that crazy stereotypical psycho barrel horse. Why are they like that? Well, in the horse's mind, what happens is they come into the arena, there's a whole bunch of pressure and they run like mad and get really, really reactive And then in that state, when they're really super reactive, running as hard as they can, they, the uh, rider stops them, gets off and puts them away. So there's that release of pressure that occurs. And remember that horses, they learn by taking pressure away from them. So when that pressure is taken away, the horse thinks that whatever they were doing right before the pressure was taken away is the correct thing to do. That's why barrel horses get so nuts like that. They get really, really hot and and forward because in their mind, if they're like that, then, you know, the individual gets off of them and then puts them away. That's what it takes to get that release of pressure. Same with racehorses. Racehorses are run super, super hard. um, And right about the time they're acting the most forward and the most fast and the most, you know, kind of, wanting to get out there and run is the moment at which the rider gets off and then they're done for the day. So they learn from that uh, pressure being taken away from them that that's what they should do. The same thing was happening when the friend took this horse. They'd run him and trot him, get him all, you know, crazy and hot, and then they'd get off and put him away. And so the horse was learning to be that way. So the way that we do it is totally opposite. If we lope a horse, we intend to lope the horse for a long period of time, not necessarily a long period of time, but long enough to where the horse is not wanting to move. They're not wanting to run. They're not wanting to take off. Instead, they've kind of got this attitude like, um, oh, man, I really wish I could stop. It's in that state of mind when they're nice and relaxed, they're not running forward, they're not being crazy, that we get off of them, the pressure is taken away, and they start to realize. You know, in their mind, they're saying, oh, I get it. If I just lope nice and smooth and relaxed and, and uh, you know, sane, then they will get off of me. And so if I would... If I were to pick one thing, if you twisted my arm and said, look, you can only do one thing with these cults that you, that you train or one primary thing, it would, be, it, would, it would have to be near the top of the list because it makes such a difference. I'm not real big on just loping horses in the arena mindlessly for, you know, 
a long time because they start to shut down mentally and, and that kind of a thing. But we utilize a lot of other places to do this. So once they've got a foundation on them in the arena, we love to take them down the dirt roads. We've got dirt roads all around our location here. And we take them down the dirt roads and we basically push them into a lope and ask them to go. When we very first start riding a colt on the dirt roads, it's an awful lot like going bowling with your kids and asking for the bumper lanes. The, the horse acts just like the bowling ball when the kids throw it. They, they go from one side of the dirt road to the other and back to one side of the dirt road and to the other because they're thinking about not wanting to move in most instances. And you've got to kind of prod them forward and push them forward. For every one colt that we get that wants to try to run off with us, we have at least nine that don't want to move forward very much at all. And so that's, you know, typical. They just don't want to move. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter whether they want to run off with you or whether they don't want to move. The, the treatment is still sort of the same, and that is you go out and you lope and you lope some more. And if they're really super hot and they want to run, 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 then you keep loping them until they start to relax and come back to being a little more sane which honestly doesn't really take that long with most horses. Um, if that doesn't work, then you can just let them lope, stop them, let them lope, stop them, let them lope, stop them. Do that over and over and over again so that they start to think that every time that they try to run forward, you're basically going to shut them down. For the horses that don't want to move forward, you prod them into the lope. Once they get to the point where they're really loping good and free and, and got some good forward motion to them without being crazy, then that's when you can... Um, shut them down and basically let them stand there, think about that, um, breathe for a minute or two, and then take them off and do it again. And so a lot of people will ask, well, is it safe to lope two-year-olds? Um, and so this is where I kind of make the switch from being the manager of a horse training company to being a veterinarian so from a medical perspective, is that okay? Um, and the answer to that really is, is that it depends on what exactly you're doing and for how long you're doing it. There's a lot of factors that, that um, are involved with this. Um, the difference between a two-year-old and a three-year-old as far as stamina, uh, skeletal maturity, muscle maturity, all that kind of a thing is absolutely dramatic. I'm always amazed at how much more stamina a three-year-old has than a two-year-old. Um, and I've had some of my own horses where I have started them as two-year-olds and then rode them during their three-year-old year as well. And the difference between those horses is very dramatic. So with two-year-olds, you can't just lope them and lope them and lope them and lope them. You've got to be very careful We've found a few things that really make a big difference medically with loping of two-year-olds. First of all is the weight of the rider. This makes a huge difference. Um, we've, had, we've had trainers that have weighed as little as 130 pounds, and we've had trainers that were, that were pushing 
a couple hundred or a little over that. We ride with saddles that weigh right around 40 to 45 pounds. So if you think about that, the 130-pound person is 175 pounds with the saddle and saddle blanket. The 200-pound person is two, nearly 250 pounds. Big, big difference in weight. And we have found that um, these two-year-olds do not do well when you put a really heavy rider on them and ask them to lope. That's where you start getting tendon injuries. That's where you start getting stone bruises. That's where you start getting um, them having uh, muscle problems um, in the form of strained or, or sprained uh, muscles or even tearing a muscle. Um, and so we're very careful about that. However, once they're in decent shape, they can, they can handle that a little better. So my kind of general rule of thumb is I like to get them uh, two to three weeks of very consistent riding, six days a week, um, get them to the point where they're in very good shape, and then we can put our heavier trainers on them, which works okay at that point, but we still have to be careful about how much we're pushing them. The... Um, the second thing when we talk about uh, young two-year-olds is you got to be careful the terrain that you're loping them in. They're not as capable of loping uphill, even if it's a slight grade, um, because it does tax their system a lot more. And so you got to be super careful about how hard you push them in, in that instance. The third thing is making sure that you don't run them out of their ability to breathe. Um, if they're just sucking for air, What's happening physio physiologically at that standpoint or that at that point is basically that the horse is not getting enough oxygen to the tissues, to the muscle. And um, that's because they're breathing so hard and, and they've started to go into kind of that lactic acid buildup. And whenever you start getting them, as the medical term says, hypoxic or, or a lack of oxygen to the muscle tissue, that's when you start opening yourself up to tendon injuries because then what the muscles were doing, the tendons kind of have to take over the stress of that because the muscles are not uh, contracting and, and relaxing appropriately because they don't have enough oxygen to, to uh, be metabolized in the muscles. And so you can end up with tendon injuries in those instances. And luckily we've never seen that here at Sampy Horse Training, but it certainly is a much, much higher predisposition um, for that to occur. Um, and then uh, the fourth thing with, with uh, two-year-olds is that you have to be careful about, and this is kind of the same thing that I just said, but you have to be careful about how, how long you push them for because they do not have that stamina. Now, every horse is a little different. We've had two-year-olds that we could lope for four or five miles straight. Um, we've had others that could only go three-quarters of a mile straight. Um, and so you have to kind of watch that. Different breeds have different abilities. Different body types have different abilities um, and that kind of a thing. But overall, you just do need to be very careful with two-year-olds. So why do we do it um, if there's some potential for that to occur? Well, first of all, you can manage that potential. you got to be making sure you're warming them up, making sure you're cooling them down, and making sure you're paying attention to all those things that I just said. As long as you're paying attention to that, you should be just fine. Um, but you do have to be very careful. 
the reason why we do it is because it makes such a big difference psychologically for these horses. There's something about pointing them down a dirt road, asking them to lope and keeping them at the lope and putting those, those uh, miles on them that makes them want to just be better. They come back from a ride like that and they're humbled. They're, um, they're, they're just becoming broke. And we do this a lot. You know, these horses are getting loped at least five days a week, not necessarily for miles and miles and miles, but they're getting loped a lot. And if you look at the difference between a horse that's been ridden five times and a horse that's been ridden 30 times, if you've been loping them during that time, the, the difference is just absolutely amazing. And to me is a major indicator of how well broke the horse is. And so I'm just a really, really big believer that loping horses makes a di big difference. But you got to do it right. You got to do it safely. And you got to make sure that the horse is in a good frame of mind before you stop. If you let them get crazy and try to run off and then you stop loping, then you're just making things even worse. So um, I do feel like when it comes to, to loping horses, you've got to have a pretty decent trainer on colts otherwise you can run into a wreck and so here's a few of the scenarios that can occur if you have somebody that doesn't really know what they're doing loping loping these horses okay first of all you ask the horse to go and they don't want to go and they get kind of this like yeah they're loping but they kind of have this switch in their tail and shaking their head type of an attitude and they occasionally kick out when you ask them to lope and they're not really loping that hard. They're always riding the line between the lope and the trot. Um, when that occurs, you're just kind of setting yourself up for a horse to, to launch someone at some point. Horses like that have got to be pushed. When they start getting that, that attitude that they don't want to move, you got to make them lope harder. And if you have a, a, an individual riding the horse that is not confident enough to do that, those are the type of horses that will eventually buck on you. They'll start by switching their tail, you know, shaking their head, and then eventually they'll start to kick out a little bit, and then before you know it, they start bucking on you. Um, and that, that is, it's a very disrespectful bucking. It's a, I don't really want to move type of bucking, okay? And so that's very key. You got to have a good, confident rider to make sure that doesn't happen. The other thing that requires a good rider when it comes to starting colts and loping them is that they're kind of ducking and diving all over the place. They don't want to move. The vast majority of them don't want to move out. And so what do they do? Well, they do, they, they're looking for the answer. The answer for them is, oh, what happens if I dive to the left? What happens if I dive to the right? What happens if I weave back and forth against the sides of the dirt road like a bowling ball going off the bumper lanes at the bowling alley? What happens if all of a sudden I just stop? What happens if I flat out run? Okay, what happens if I start to spook or shy sideways? They're, they're, they're just looking for answers constantly. And you can, always, you can almost just tell how much a horse has been loped just by watching them go down the road because they don't go straight down the road if they haven't been loped very much. They're all over the place. And so you've got to have a confident enough ability as a rider to, to go through all that crap. You've got to make sure that, you know, when they're ducking and diving to the left, you're staying on and still asking them to lope. Because the second that you stop them, because you're kind of afraid of what they're doing, 
is the second that you rewarded them for what they just did. So you have to be very, very careful about that. Um, and then uh, the other thing with loping is occasionally, not very often, you may get a horse that wants to just run. And like I said earlier, there's two ways to fix that. You can either lope them until they start to kind of rate back and act somewhat normal, which, by the way, doesn't work. In very few instances, that will not work. You're crazy hot-blooded horses, and they may keep running until they just drop over. Um, but for the vast majority, it does work. Or you got to stop them a lot. So you let them build speed, and then as soon as they do, you stop them. Let them build speed, stop them. Let them build speed and stop them. So you got a lot of transitions. Stop, go, stop, go, stop, go, with the horse kind of almost trying to run away with you. And that takes a little bit of skill to make sure that you're not, you know, coming out of the saddle in that case. Um, and so, you know, when we do this, we just stick their nose down a dirt road and we just lope them. And if we have traffic coming up on us or something like that, we may stop them for just a second if we don't trust them, bend their head around, wait for them to go by and then take off again. But at the end of the day, we're just asking them to lope. So how far do we lope them? Well, at first, not a long ways, typically, because we want them to get that, that pressure taken away when they actually stretch out and lope. And sometimes we have to create this. So we push them up into the lope, make them go. Once they're going in that nice, steady, you know, just, just really kind of lope and smooth sort of a thing, and they're not diving off of each of the sides of the road, then that's the point at which we stop them. We, we let them rest. We let them think about that for a few minutes, and then we take them off again. So I would say that the average first ride outside the arena is probably only a mile or two of loping. Um, but then eventually we get them to the point where we're, we'll lope them, you know, 10, 12, maybe 15 miles, not all at once. We're, we're giving them breaks in between this, but we're loping them, you know, for say th two to three miles at a time. And then we stop them and two, three miles at a time and stop them. And, you know, most of the time, this is probably somewhere around 10 miles or a little less. Um, we don't really go over 15 very often. That would be an uncommon thing. Um, but we want them to, to just really stretch out and just get into that, that, that mode. I want the horses that I ride when I kick them up to the lope to be like, oh, man, not again. I don't want to do this. Okay, But I want them to still move out respectfully. That's the attitude that I want. And if you can get that in your two- and three-year-old colts, you'd be amazed at how much better broke they are. Um, kind of funny story. We sold a horse that we started uh, last year to an individual um, that has a, a, a young daughter that, that wanted to ride this horse. And I was a little bit hesitant to, to sell this. He was a, a two-year-old gilding. Um, he was about two and a half years old when we sold him. We had put probably 60, maybe 90 days on him. And he'd been loped a lot. He was a really, really nice little colt. Um, and I told him, I said, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to take this horse, you got to continue to ride it very consistently. And I think they did a pretty good job with this. And so, um, we, uh, you know, probably six, eight months after we sold this horse, we were at the, at the local July 4th celebration where they have this kids night. It's kind of like a fun night for the rodeo and they do all kinds of different, um, different uh, activities with horses and one of the activities is what they call musical tires which is basically this 
this, uh, it's kind of like musical chairs. So you play the music, everybody walks their horse, then trots their horse, then lopes their horse one direction, and then they change directions. And then as soon as the music stops, you have to jump off your horse and put a foot in the tire. And so, you know, each time that that happens, somebody gets out because there's one less tire than there are horse riders. And so it gets down to the, to the final few people in this, in this little cult that we had sold was in the mix for the, the last few, you know, spots. And it comes down to where there was, I think, four or five horses and, and, uh, and two of the horses, all but two of the horses found their tire. And the other two, which, was, which included this little colt that we had sold, they're running around the arena trying to find the tire. And this little colt is up against uh, uh, another horse that's just, just going like mad, just running for all it's worth. And this colt that, that we had trained is just loping along nice and slow. <laughs> and this girl lost the, lost the competition because, because the horse wasn't fast enough. And it was actually kind of a little bit of a proud moment for me, to be honest with you, because that horse, even when it was being put up against another horse that was running hard and all the commotion of the arena and everything that was going on, it's, it still was programmed in its mind to be like, when she kicked it up to a lope, it's like, oh man, not again. I don't want to lope for, for two or three miles, you know? And so he's just loping along, just ba-doom, 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 you know, just really, really slow, nice, rhythmic, steady lope. And they lost because he wasn't running hard enough to get the tire quick enough. And so, you know, it's just one of those situations where I was like, you know, I mean, I feel bad that she lost, but to be honest with you, I was really proud about that because that is what we taught that horse to do, to be sane, respectful, when you ask him to lope, he's not just going to run away with you sort of a thing. And so um, I want to just, before we quit here, just go back and kind of revisit the medical side of this a little bit. I just want to make it clear that, that I'm perfectly fine with loping a two- or three-year-old colt. Absolutely no problem as a veterinarian doing that. But I say that with a, with a degree of caution because you absolutely cannot push them as hard as an older horse, especially the two-year-olds. So make sure that you warm them up. Make sure that you cool them down. Make sure that you don't push them too hard. Make sure that when they start running out of air that you stop. Ideally, you, run them out, you stop before you start running them out of air. And you need to make for dang sure that you're paying attention to any sort of soreness or, or things like that. You just got to be very careful. But having said that, once they're in shape, they're usually very, very good, very, very capable of loping for, for some time. And it is perfectly safe in my mind to do that. Um, there are a lot of opinions out there, but from a medical standpoint, I cannot see a reason why not to do this as long as you're doing it responsibly. So so get out there and lope your horses. It's, it's just a super, super important thing to do. Make sure that you're not stopping until they are respectful. Make sure that if they are really, really hot, that you're stopping them a lot and that you don't actually, you know, so stop, go, stop, go, stop, go, and that you don't actually put them away until they're acting really, really good and really, really um, balanced and respectful and not crazy. 
and you'll have very, very, very good luck with getting some very good um, horses that are super well broke. So loping is important. So feel free to get out there and do it on your horse. If you have any questions, feel free to, to text us or call us at 435-462-1311. Visit our website at sandpetehorse.com. Um, as of the time of recording of this particular podcast on November 7th of 2019, we do have a two-year-old colt that has about 70 days on him that we're getting ready to sell. You can go to our website and see details about that horse. Really nice little colt. Um, we've really enjoyed this horse. We purchased him specifically to train him and sell him. And so if you're interested in that, feel free to reach out to us. Um, also, feel free to follow us on Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, or our YouTube channel. We have um, stuff on each one of those platforms. So until next time, have a great day with your horses.